Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Today is Thursday, March 2nd, and this is Celtics Beat on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Boston Celtics. I'm Adam Kaufman, episode 502, featuring, yes, the longtime voice of the Boston Celtics, Sean Grandy, is powered by HelloFresh and BetOnline.ag. Go to HelloFresh.com, use the promo code BEAT60, that is B-E-A-T-60, for 60% off and free shipping. Go to betonline.ag today. Use the promo code CLNS50 for a 50% sign-up bonus. All right, new edition of Celtics Beat. All is well in the Celtics world, basically, since the All-Star break, more or less. I mean, there was the loss in New York, but generally speaking, all is well. Welcome in, Adam Kaufman and Valenti. We're always here, and a special guest, kind friend of the show, joins us every so often, whenever we bug him, basically. Sean Grandy, how are you, man? Um, I'm hanging in, gentlemen. It's always it's a pleasure. Every, everything is great since the All-Star break, except this Jason Tatum slump. He's in a brutal slump. It's going to go on forever, and we're not going to win, and life is going to be miserable. And- and then he bounces back with a 41-point game. And, and he had, the, first of all, in this slump, he had the winning shot. He had the winning offensive rebound yeah. put back in Indiana. The game-winning shot of Philadelphia. Piling up rebounds. Like, may, may, may all of our slumps in life be as productive as Jason Tatum's slump was. Last well, what I was, I'm glad you brought that up. There are a few different things related to Tatum I, I, I wanted to get into, but one of those is that, you know, the, the slow starts and people complaining or off shooting nights or whatever, and he's still there in the end. I don't present that as some sort of, Hey, we should be surprised by that. It's more just kind of the, the, the satisfaction, the gratitude, for lack of a better way of putting it, for I'll, I can think back, and you were on the call for all these games, but me as a fan or me as a radio host or whatever, I can just think of all of these years, basically since the new Big Three era, where we would sit and complain, Danny Ainge needs to get a closer. This team doesn't have a closer. And the closest thing basically was Isaiah Thomas. And all those games were close in the fourth quarter when he did his king in the fourth thing because he couldn't play defense. And so, you know, it was it, it was suffering on one end. It was productive on the other end and yada, yada, yada. Jason Tatum and oftentimes Jalen Brown as well. So I don't want it. It's really a 1A, 1B kind of thing. But Jason Tatum, I mean, thank you for the parting gift, Annie. Because the Celtics have a closer, they've had a closer, they will have a closer for many years to come, and it's just good to know that no matter how bad or just off or not himself or whatever he is over the course of maybe the first 40 or 44 minutes of a game, you can still know confidently, Sean, Jason Tatum is going to be there at the end. 
How many times this year I was sitting next to Scal and Scal goes, what are we watching right now? And what we're watching are several clips that are going to air as part of Jason Tatum night video when his number gets retired in 15 years or whenever that is, because we're living it in real time and we're watching it. And how many years did LeBron have of being the best player in the league, one of, if not the best player in the league in those years before he had won the championship or won a championship, right? So that's sort of Mm -hmm. over his head in this outrageous era of expectations we live in. Uh, right now in Boston with the Bruins beating teams eight to one every night. And everyone's like, well, wait a little play. They see Carolina in the play. Okay. Like it's <laughs> the greatest NHL season in the history of NHL seasons. They're literally toying with teams like, oh, we're down by two goals. Oh, There's still three minutes left. We're fine. We're the still goalie going. is scoring goals, Sean. It, the goalie is scoring goals. <laughs> it is insanity what the Bruins are doing that we you literally have a winter, which the Bruins and the Celtics until the last couple of days, like what, 99 in the last 102 days have been the best teams in their respective leagues, and yet it's just wringing our hands about, well, the playoffs and Jason Tatum and all those turnovers, the playoffs are going to take care of themselves. We get there. you got to enjoy these moments, you know, when they're happening, and they're happening every night with one of the best players in the world who, as we've documented many times, just turning 25. You can't appreciate the little things. When I told my son, who, you know, didn't watch the game last night, uh, that he knew that Jason Tatum needed – 40 points to pass Giannis on that all-time list. His final game is a 24 all-time list scoring under the age of 25. And because he had had the slump, he needed 40 on Wednesday night to do it. And he's got two at the end of the first quarter. And I've been doing this, you know, tweeting it, and I had that graphic ready yeah. and whatever. Well, not not tonight. It's not going to happen tonight. And then I just told my son tonight, yeah, he got – remember he needed 40 and he got 41. You got to appreciate the little things on the way – to the big things and the garden right now. And this goes, you know, the home game against Detroit before the break and the game on Wednesday night, there is sort of playoff buzz in there every night. And it really feels like when ever, when I got here in 2001 and everyone was saying, well, I was a big fan back in the eighties when it was special back in the eighties. You know what? This is the eighties right now. Again, you got the new big three hour Pearson Garnett and Ray Allen. And what's happening now is this automatic sellout, Buzz in the building every night, and I hope you can appreciate it regardless of what's going to happen. If the Celtics lose game six in or game seven in Milwaukee on May 28th and they lose in the cup, okay, well, plenty of time to mourn that. That set quote went wrong. I hope you're enjoying March 2nd as much as March 2nd deserves to be enjoyed. That's all. Well, that's kind of the problem with, uh, I don't know, attention spans or the culture that we live in or, or you know, whatever, the need for immediacy and all things. And it's it's not a perfect comp, but songs are getting shorter. You know, people are re- releasing two, three minute songs at this point in time as opposed to the four or five minutes. We can't stand a five second, you know, pre-roll ad before, uh, you know, a, a video starts up on YouTube. We got to DVR everything and fast forward the commercials because we can't watch in real time all of that. Why can't we just enjoy the journey? And I, I'm sort of, you know, old man shaking fist to cloud kind of thing, because I think the three of us are actually pretty good at enjoying the journey. But it sort of makes me think back to all of those Tom Brady years, at least the second half, especially of his time here, where it was, you know, wake me when we get to the playoffs or even wake me to when we get to the AFC championship, championship. game. You know, was it wasn't even relevant before that. And One, the Celtics, I know they were in the finals last year, and I know they've been, you know, among the top teams this year, 
but they haven't earned that yet, quite frankly. Like, let's wait till they're this perennial contender winning title after title. And we can say, you know, wake me, whatever. If you're one of those types of people, I'm not, but I just want to enjoy the process. I'm loving watching these guys, Tatum Brown, smart, all of them, Williams and so on grow up in front of our eyes and turn into this. Also underscores how ridiculously dominant they were last year when you realize that they haven't been close to as good as they were in the second half of last season, which if you want to you know, pick at something, last year they were the clear-cut favorite to me going into the playoffs. And I think the this this kind of hit me in the last couple of days that I don't know what's going to happen in the next couple of years. This, the Tatum-Brown group, do they win three championships? Do they win none? Do they get to one more? Fun? We don't know how the whole thing's going to play out, but I do know that when the history is written, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, we're going to look back and say they should have gotten 22, that they were better than Golden State, and they should have won that series, and that was part of the learning process, right, to to get mm-hmm. there. But you have to appreciate how well they're playing now, and then you realize, wow, this isn't even close to how well they're playing the year before. When they were the Bruins, what the Bruins are doing this year, that's what the Celtics were doing in the second half of last year. And this team may be better equipped for the playoffs and all the above, and Rob is healthy and all that. But, yeah, you got to appreciate the moment. It's funny, you're talking about, like, TikTok and all this other stuff what's everyone talking about now at spring training right now? It's the pitch clock. The games are faster, mm-hmm. and that's great. And my son, again, 11, said the same thing I would have said an 11-year-old. He's like, I hate the pitch clock. I said, why? And he said exactly what I would have said. Is If you love something, why do you want it to go faster? Yeah. Why do I – like, there's nothing better for him, which is a dream to have a kid that loves to be at baseball games, right? A, a young person that loves baseball. And he'd rather the game go four hours. Than, yeah. I get why it has to go faster, but why are we rushing through something that we – that we love. There wasn't a bat. As we're talking today, there wasn't a bat in the Yankee game. There was twenty second at bat. Yeah, at I bat, not a pitch. Incredible yeah, at bat. Three uh, straight. People, if you haven't watched baseball yet, if you like, if you're one of the people that waits till opening day to watch baseball, you don't watch spring training. It's going to be jarring when you see it. It is going to be jarring how fast the game's moving. It's funny you say that too, and I know you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube, obviously. But my first thought when you know watching the first couple of days of the pitch clock and seeing how much faster games are getting and obviously baseball's targeting two and a half 240 as opposed to the 310 315 my first thought was all right well if the pitch clock is going to work and there's no reason it shouldn't i really hope they get rid of the ghost runner and extra innings because yeah. if you got one we don't need the other but they're not going to do that probably not i agree i hate the ghost run listen i i'm not only old i'm an old cranky baseball fan i don't like interleague play Okay, I'm still not over that. I don't even want to. I'm in denial about the DH in the National League. I can't. I was going to say you want your pitchers batting. No, yes, yeah, I do. I yeah. do. And yes, well, I don't want to care about the excitement of a double switch. I care about the double switch. Okay, I like I because I grew up that we love what we grew up with, but yep. I intellectually understand that young people get to decide. You can't listen. In my job, my job is to serve my audience, and that's what they want. It doesn't matter what I want. So, but I get it. The game has to change and the game evolves. I, the shift is an interesting one to me because in theory made the game less exciting. There was less offense. On the other hand, I don't like the idea that you can't do what you want to do with your fielders. And by the way, is somebody who's going to be the first manager that moves an outfielder, right? Yeah. And because you can't, you can move the outfielders. So is sure. somebody going to move the left fielder into the right center field gap and leave left field open? And hope you can get like that Manny Machado catch a couple of years ago when he was playing third base and he caught a ball down yeah. the right field line like a pop fly. So it, it's always going to games are the game's going to continue to evolve. I think the the pickoff one is interesting, where you only get the th- you know the third time. Yeah, 
like red light, green light, one, two, three, you don't get them. You got three chances to throw over the first and then the runner advances. So there's a lot happening here, but it's just very quietly because we're not watching minor league baseball. This has been going on in the minors. They've been running. What, what do we call them these days? Beta test. They've beta yeah. test. No, the, the young guys won't need to adjust at all. They'll be fine. That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah. It's like the, the, the Verlanders and the people like that. They're going to go, what the hell? Yeah. I'll give you a new one because Scherzer did it the other day when like run and shoot offense and hurry up offense started being a big thing in college teams would rush to the line of scrimmage. And just because you rush to the line of scrimmage doesn't mean you're going to snap the ball right away. Right. And you could, uh, defenses had to adjust because defenses would go down into their stance and you're leaning on your hands and you're ready. And the ball might not be snapped for 15, 20 seconds and you're off balance and all this stuff. Scherzer pitchers now, and Scherzer is going to be ahead of the curve on this pitchers. You have to engage with the pitcher with eight seconds on the clock. That doesn't mean the pitcher has to throw it. Pitcher has until zero to throw. So all of a sudden you could be locked in and then the pitcher can just stare you down for those eight seconds. And not to mention, there's also, you can now call the pitches. He, not every pitcher is going to wear it. Scherzer's wearing it. Where you can communicate with the catcher yep. with your glove as to which pitch you're going to throw. I mean, I'm sure it's, it would be intercepted by Jose Altuve with whatever he's wearing, <laughs> but nevertheless, it, <laughs> We got a lot of stuff. There's a, a lot to unpack here, I guess. Yeah, and, and while we're doing this Celtics podcast too, the bigger bases know, right? offend me. The bigger bases offend me, Sean. I don't need it. It is a little. I, I do feel. As Buck Showalter said the other day, it was like the, watching the, the clowns with big shoes. Yeah, um, yeah. And I guess guys won't miss. I mean, if a guy misses a base now, yeah, and gets picked, gets stuck <laughs> on an appeal play, that's tough luck. Yeah, that's not. That's not good. If we've dominated this thing, you must have some thoughts. Well, I just I do I do want to bring this back to Jason Tatum for just a second because one of the things again as as you oh, then, we'll, then we'll give our Red Sox basketball. Well, no, <laughs> one of the things I have enjoyed a lot, and it's it's one of these things that had to happen eventually, is I really love the Jason Tatum off shooting nights. I mean, I love watching Jason Tatum light up light up the the the, the court like anybody else does, but I really enjoy the nights where he doesn't play well because. It, mm-hmm. The best part about Tatum, and we, and I just had this conversation with another podcast, Celtics Lab, on our network, um, about Tatum and about how even though he might have bad games shooting the basketball, he still finds other ways to impact the game. Like, uh, you know, when he had his game six against the Bucks, that was like for most people in the national landscape. That was the big, like, oh, Jason Tatum's now a superstar. And, I, you know, all of us have been like, he's been amazing the whole year. Like, we're trying to tell you. But for a lot of people, like the Nick Wrights of the world, who was, you know, now allowing Jason Tatum in a club superstar, I was like, yeah, we've already been seeing this. What is what has been really? <laughs> I don't know who let Nick be the bouncer, by the way. But go well, on. You know, he had the graphic. You know, he had the graphic all yeah. done. He's got yeah. tears. It's the whole thing. I yeah. I just like the fact now that Tatum can impact a basketball game, a winning basketball game, without scoring as much as he had to in the past, right? He had the 41 points the other night against uh, against the Cavs, but he had 11 rebounds and eight assists. And I almost look more towards that than I do to the points sometimes because, you know, if he's the guy moving the basketball and moving without the ball and getting rebounds and doing this and doing that, you know, he might have off nights shooting the basketball, but he's always going to bring it Every single game. Now he plays every single game, which people might not like. Some people like, some don't like. We might get into that a little bit. 
But he, oh, whenever he's my next topic, go yeah, ahead. When he's out on the court, which is all the time, he's giving you mass maximum effort, and he's having an impact on the basketball game. So for me, the the, the Tatum experience again, enjoying basketball, enjoying this ride, enjoying this trip for what it's been, Sean. I would say the the thing that I've gotten the most enjoyment out of, it, with the exception of Derek White, especially mm-hmm. recently, Tatum's overall impact on a game has become so unbelievable that, yeah, okay, he might not win the MVP this year, uh, but he's going to be in the discussion for quite a long time. Sure. And by the way, and when he's out of the game, Celtics have another one. They got another superstar. that can you know, When Tatum's not so strong that he's breaking his face, uh, you know, Jalen's out there and having an all-star year. And again, I, I'm, I'm as big a Derek White guy as you are. And this is the biggest problem the Celtics have right now is, oh, they have too many guys. How's Joe Mazzulli going to manage all the depth? Okay, well, can we? that's the least of the problem. That's your biggest problem. Uh, and, and the thing is, Jason Tatum's also, he's doing it right. It, we've seen superstars in his league. There's never been a time. You want to argue that there's been a time where there's been as many great players as there are now? Feel free. I, I think that's not realistic. I think we're in a golden age right now in the NBA. But look at these players. I, I said the, I had this conversation with Max the other day. Like, how do you root again? I get it. The conference finals will come and everybody will boo Giannis and they'll find it. How do you oh. root against how do you root against Giannis? How do you root against Mitchell? These these are like I mean, there's just so many great these and they're young too. Like at an impossibly young age, you have these just great character guys, leaders on the court, off the court, at think about what we were doing, twenty four and twenty five. Would you have would you be this together, forget being one of the best players in the world to be able to carry yourself this way under this kind of scrutiny? So you know, it's a golden age. What is anyone going to say about – what could you say bad about Jason Tatum? Like, what do you – uh, he's a he, – he he keeps his kid up too late. His, his <laughs> kid's there in the fourth quarter of these games. That's uh, – what? I just got to appreciate all of those things in the team that – the teams that Danny and Brad have, have built here in which that stuff matters. And so it's, you know – Feel Did you see Giannis on the uh, Daily Show the other night with whoever the guest host was doing doing the trash talk? I did. It was good. I mean, all the stuff is good. The dad jokes. Your point are great. though, he's just such a. I, I, we overuse the term, but he's just such a likable guy. And here's that, I had this uh, argument with Max because I said, well, because I brought up Steph and I said at least Steph. He was like, why? Because he said, how could you ever root against Steph Curry? I said, you can because Steph is willing to play heel on the road. He'll dangle the mouthpiece and he'll yep. taunt the crowd. And he'll Steph at least will play that part for yep. you. Like, I don't put Steph in the top group of that list of guys that are impossible to root against because you saw firsthand it's not impossible to root against him because he was here taunting the crowd during the finals and get, and that's, you know, it, that even adds to greatness. Max even likes, you know, likes that stuff better. Mm-hmm. But I don't even put him in that category because of guys you can't. I mean, Donovan Mitchell. The Donovan Mitchell stuff with Deuce last night was one of my favorite things I've seen all year. It was, yeah. you know, spectacular. He's he's just Donovan Mitchell is one of those guys. I say this only because there are things you see on camera. There's things you don't. I've mm-hmm. seen Donovan Mitchell after games, cameras off, giving his jersey to kids, his shoes to kids, signing every autograph. Even last night, he's leaving after a loss, and he's just making sure he high fives all these people that are probably booing him, you know, five minutes earlier because he just <laughs> do just. Gets it, man. He's a perfect, what a perfect fit with Mobley and Jared Allen. Like Donovan, I, I don't think I'm a big believer in casting. 
And Donovan mm-hmm. Mitchell is a star player, but I don't think it would have worked as well in certain places as it had. This was just a perfect spot. Well, you can see like the Celtics love him. Like, you know, yeah. he got, he got not, he, he had a, a tough injury. Well, there was all the stuff with Jalen in the bubble. Yeah. Well, there's all that, but like, like he fell down and got really, he hurt his groin, which he's been dealing with for quite a bit. And the first guy over to help him up was Marcus Smart. With the first guy there, just trying to make sure he's okay. And like, I, I can't say now I, that I can't sell to Max because Max, you know, Max still enemies on the floor, right? Help up it. Oh my God. Yeah. And he'll do the whole this. He's coming in to steal your wallet and you're helping him out. You're opening the door for him <laughs> and stuff like that. And Which I get, I'm, I'm, I'm good with Max feeling that way. Right. It's, and he doesn't, you know, the Celtics, the Sixer stuff and the Lakers stuff, it's real with him. Mm-hmm. It's real. He don't, you know, these guys from that generation, Rick Mahorn does not like the Celtics. He likes to walk across that logo, you know, when he comes to bought to this day. And they're like, they're like civil war veterans and they just don't, <laughs> they don't let it go. And it's, it is beautiful in its own way. Yeah. I think you can have, it's different now with the the respect that goes on now during, you know, during games. I don't need to say it during games. That's why the deuce moment was so perfect, right? Where deuce wouldn't, wouldn't get Donovan a pound during the game because during the game, he was on the other team. I'm like, yeah. That's that's preparing the next. That if you ever want to say Jason's not a great father, that clinched it. Yeah, right. That's like the, he. Now <laughs> we know he's an awesome father. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Uh, more on Tatum, because why the heck not? We we could talk this, you know, his his accolades and, and everything surrounding him over the last couple of years to, to the end of time. But um, there's been a lot of talk over in recent years it's not like this is a new conversation regarding obviously load management in the league and the problem of guys sitting out and and you know adam silver's had to kind of answer to it a little bit but uh, i want to read this tweet from uh, our guy jay king last night jason tatum on load management for certain guys that's best for them Said he loves the game, loves to play. He never wants to take it for granted that he's living out his dream. He said that uh, Brad Stevens sometimes wants him to play a little bit less, but he loves to be out there. And I quote tweeted that, and I said that it's like Jason Tatum is speaking directly to my heart. Because I don't even care, and I, I do believe the sincerity behind it. I don't care if he's lying. Lie to me. I'm good with that. Because I want, this. this is exactly where I fall on this. I also want Jason Tatum to play fewer minutes. I don't want him playing 37 point whatever, you know, a, a career high. I know he's young and he's in great shape and all of that. I don't need him playing those minutes. I do. I would like him to play every game, but at fewer minutes versus taking full games off and playing more minutes. And there's a whole, you can get to the sports science of all that. that I'm not qualified to discuss that. The teams have people for that, obviously. But I want him to be out there less, to be fresher for the playoffs, if that is what the the professionals say is right. But I also, on the flip side of that, Sean, want him to feel exactly as he feels. I want him to want to be out there 48 minutes of every single game. That, that Like that, to me, is that's the best of both worlds. Let's just not pretend that Jason Tatum is in the minority. They all feel like that. Everybody wants to play. It's not, These aren't players making the decision not to play. And I believe load management is an extraordinary problem 
in the league. We cannot continue to charge these prices and have people go to these cities once a year and then have the players not play. This can't go on, and we have to figure out a way to stop it. Um, one of the reasons I'm heavily behind the movement to get rid of scoring and statistical averages versus totals is mm-hmm. this reason that if, you know, get players to play 15 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever, can we work the sports science a little bit and sort of change thinking to get games going that way? Because first of all, because people argue with me, I'm Jason Tatum just regained the league scoring league, which I'm sure Luca just took back. Regain the scoring league. No, he didn't. So-and-so averages. I'm like, no, that's the scoring average league. And I know this, by the way, because I know that Aaron Judge didn't lead the American League with .41 home runs per game last year. <laughs> we Nobody in the sports do it like this. I don't know why it started. But first of all, it makes if you're just – if you're into the stats, it makes the races more interesting anyway. Because yeah. I've never NBA, thought about that. that the NBA scores, is the only one that scores, does it. Somebody scores 32 a game for the first month of the season. They're going to be like up and among the league leaders the entire year, even when they're hurt. I'm, because again, going back to the Doc Rivers thing, the number one ability to have availability. So I want to see totals. I want to see points and rebounds and assists and minutes and guys playing and value the guys that are playing versus not. Uh, but again. Sports science says this. Resty's got you're sending the message again. We just had a big thing earlier about the regular season that the regular season doesn't matter as much if we're resting these guys for the playoffs. Our players, playing Baxter Holmes is talking about this today, and it's important. Our players playing too much basketball at a younger age, and their bodies are more broken down by the time they get to the NBA. That's the discussion. Yeah, there's a lot. Listen, we need to. I know it's a problem. I know it's not an easy thing to solve. We got to get a lot of smart people in the room and close the door. Because, listen, we're talking about we're lauding Jason Tatum with all this stuff, and rightly so. And I thought it was so funny you mentioned the, the Milwaukee game at the national people. Jason Tatum was the go-to guy in game three in Philadelphia in 28 in the confetti game. Brad Stevens was going to Jason. He's a rookie, the 19-year-old rookie, and he was the go-to guy in a playoff game back then. So it, it takes people a while, right, to, to catch up to the reality of it. But Jason missed a game this year, and he was at Deuce's birthday party. This right. is his birthday party, and every father, and I, how many times do I, listen, you know, I'm one of those guys that, oh, my God, he's talking about his son again. I don't care. That's how I am with my son, who is the most important thing in my life, as Deuce is to Jason. And it's one of the things that makes him amazing, talking to him. Just I, I don't talk to him about basketball. I talk to him about his son because that's more interesting to me in the life experience and watching him become the man he's become. But him missing that game to be at that event, all I could think that day was, I bet there's somebody in the crowd who brought their kid on their fifth birthday to see Jason Tatum play. And this is what we have to, we, we have to fix it somehow. I don't know how you're talking about toothpaste. I don't care if the toothpaste has to go back in the tube. We got to figure out a way to get it back in because this is a, a significant problem in the league, which is, which is entertainment. And we, we build the league around stars. And then you come to the theater and you bought your expensive tickets. And at this performance, the instead of Nathan Lane and Matthew Broderick, that role will be played by Steve Gutenberg. And that's not what you paid them. That's not what you paid for. How, how dare you bring Steve Gutenberg? I, know, right? I don't know why. It just, <laughs> of, all, too of, easy. of all of all, did, did you not enjoy the Police Academy movies? <laughs> I think it's a fun. I think that it's like the when you try to be generally be funny or you're considered someone with comedic instincts, you're looking for certain words like. Eggplant. That's a funny yeah. word. Like Steve Gutenberg makes that a funny joke. I don't know why, but you're sometimes you just the punchline, you get the reaction. 
The biggest thing you get sometimes is people like you'll laugh and you go, that's not funny. Well, you're laughing. It's too late. That's toothpaste you can't put back in the tube. It's too late. Once the instinct. Is it because he was kind of a, uh, an, an absentee father figure in the three men, and the baby movie. Maybe, maybe that's where, maybe that's what it all comes back to, but I don't, you see, there's, there's there's a deep connection. There's, you know, again, there's layers to be, because there's nothing dangerous at all about being someone who's funny on the air these days. That's not in any way dangerous because people never try to misconstrue things you say or never twist it around or try to tear you, you know, tear you down. So. Yeah, Let's take one quick break. Thank hey, by our the way, friends. speaking of load management, before yeah. you take your break out, yeah. uh, you can take your break in a second, but know this. Sure. We're talking about load management. You can talk about the Celtics. You want to criticize NBA players. Uh, you've got Celtic broadcasters that fly from Europe on the same day they did an MMA show to do a game, and you've got a 75-year-old dude out there with one eye who's showing up <laughs> to call games right now. So, yeah, maybe the players do need to be as tough as the broadcasters. That's you right. You see? Often Great been point. saying. Often been saying. That's a good tease. We're going to get back to uh, Sean's nutty schedule and crazy year that it has been. After we tell you about our good friends and partners and sponsors, HelloFresh. With HelloFresh eating well in the new year, it can be uh, stress-free. It can be delicious for you folks. With over 35 weekly recipes, they have the options that you are looking for to help you achieve your goals. And you could have any number of goals. It could be losing weight. It could be just eating better, nutritional value. It could be saving money. It could be any number of things. Just simplifying the process of making a meal which can be daunting. Believe me, I know, because when I attempt to cook, which is not often, it doesn't go well because I'm not good at it. HelloFresh makes it very, very easy for you to achieve those goals. You can choose calorie smart and carb smart recipes, even customize uh, your meals by swapping proteins or sides. You can upgrade or your proteins uh, however you want. You can Add protein to a veggie dish. I'm really high on protein is really what I'm telling you. We all want to save money as well. HelloFresh can help you do that. Uh, cheaper than grocery shopping and 25% cheaper than takeout, if you can believe it, Evan. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kicking with the fact that you're so into protein when, like, Guys that normally lift a lot are like, yeah, I gotta have a lot of protein. Like Adam, like, uh, it's, it's, no, I'm a, I'm a big, I'm a big protein and carb guy. You wouldn't know it looking at me. So you, but, know, you uh, know what he just did, Evan? He did. Uh, basically, I, I, I like protein. Is the general message I'm, I'm trying to say with all these. I mean, we get it. We, I mean, a lot, you know, a lot of people like protein, but Adam, like, yeah. you don't look like a guy that lifts a lot who needs. Oh, I, by the way, I really like protein. Don't be deceived by what you see in this sweatshirt. How That's is Jim? Right. Na- how is Jim Nance not doing a hello fresh? Hello, like, how is that? He seems like the perfect guy. Dang! Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe because Hello Fresh can't afford Jim Nance. <laughs> <laughs> got Adam Kaufman instead. All right, I you 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 kind of goaded me into it. So, uh, I met Jim Nance about five years ago. My wife's working the Final Four in San Antonio, so I go. I hadn't met Jim Nance before, and it was a concert going on. It was the off day, and I finally met him. We're talking about Houston basketball, where he started right with the Kim Olajuwon and that great team. And, you know, sharing play-by-play stories. And Jim had been enjoying himself. It was a Sunday night. It was an off night. And sure. he he didn't he didn't put his arm around me. But years later, when the story goes by, he will have put his arm around me when he said and He just said to me, he said, Sean, don't we have just the best jobs? Don't we have the greatest lives? And my thought bubble at the time was, well, Jim, Next week, you're going to call the Masters and you make $8 million a year and I'm going to Budapest to do MMA. But what I actually said was, yes, Jim. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, you have the best you can have the Masters and the NCAA tournament and you can have the, the A, A game every Sunday. <laughs> but, 
<laughs> but yes, we do. We do have the best. We have the best lunch. Great. He's he's a tremendous. He, he's an awesome guy. He really is. He is. And uh, and, yes, and, and, probably, and my life, uh, my life is such that I'm on. I'm backstage on stage. Is Charles Barkley introducing uh, Maroon Five, right? And I'm just like hanging out with Jim now. Like I've been places that I never thought. <laughs> I never thought my life would. Uh, See, I mean, it, from from Joe somebody to uh, to, to, you know, to, yeah. to feeling like Joe somebody to, be to Joe somebody really is what it is. And I still get. I don't think I've gotten one in a while, but I would still get checks within the last couple of years. The residuals are probably what, like a, a cent at this point. Yep. yep. Yeah. You get a check for like thirty eight cents because you were in a movie once, you know, twenty yeah. years ago. For I mean, the checks were never that big. They were always like eight dollars, but now it's down to somebody well, in the Taiwan. Sales just, are really down at this point. A little bit. But luckily, I, I shipped in, so I probably got a little bit. I, I did. I like for sure. Sean you you owe me a quarter. Hey, wait, like but before wait, well, before on, I, on Adam, Adam, I, Adam, Adam, no, I got I got the segue. You got you're missing out. I, I know, but I haven't even finished the Hello Fresh ad. That's what I'm oh trying to God. talk to you about. Right, go ahead, go like ahead, go ahead. That, I like the fact you know, that I give I give Adam 18 hours of free podcast time. He's like, you owe me a quarter. Grandy <laughs> was talking about how. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Granny's talking about how, you know, broadcasting has brought his... Will you at least get together with me to watch Joseph? Can we do that? Well, let's still watch along. Let's still watch along. <laughs> a Joe somebody watch party, party for everybody. Because yeah. Tim, when you get Tim Allen and, and Jim Belushi together, it's cinematic. Say, you know, Granny mentioned how broadcasting is taking his life in new places. You know what's taking my life in new places, Adam? Hello Fresh. Hello there Fresh. it is. <laughs> trying to, I've been trying to say it the best, like, three ah, I'm I had HelloFresh.com slash Beat60, B-E-A-T-6-0. Use that promo code, 60% off and free shipping. Beat60, 60% off plus free shipping. The longest HelloFresh ad we have ever done. But we thank them. We're grateful for them. Hashtag protein. Hashtag get your protein. Uh, but I, look, there, there, I imagine at some point we'll get back to basketball, but yeah, I feel like yeah. Evan, I can't bring up Joe somebody without you bringing up what you want to bring up. Oh yeah. So this is, this is something that done on me the other day. And I was, I was happy that we hadn't had you on yet. Cause I, I, you know, I'm doing my first watch through of the Sopranos and I think it's season five season finale. We get the I think famous. it might be. I think it's the premiere. I don't know. Did they combine the last two? It's the first episode of what season would become six. the long last season. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's the first episode of season six, and I was like, "Is he aware of this? He must be aware that he's in this. Like you, you've obviously were aware of this, and you've watched the whole Sopranos." Yeah, and I knew, I knew it was coming. I think I did. I remember. I think John Tomasi interviewed me about it from the in the Herald back then when people read newspapers. And it was because it was 2000, I don't know what it was, 2007, maybe. Yeah, 2007. But they used, cause they used to highlight, and the funniest part of the whole thing was, well, they had to do a, I don't want to give away the scene where a guy gets, they had to do a hit up in Boston. Well, how do we establish that this diner that we're shooting in California or wherever we shoot, how do we establish that it's Boston? Well, they'll have Grandy calling a Celtics game in the background. That's why everybody <laughs> in the world will know, oh my God, they must be in Boston because there's Grandy calling a Ricky Davis. And it's, I think, Back when Max was doing the quackometer, was he doing? Was he doing yeah. quack, quack, quack? I don't know, but uh, it was a Ricky Davis. It was a real call yeah. uh, of a Ricky Davis game winner against Memphis, maybe. But yeah, it, that place. I think it's less about placing me in this historic as the Ricky Davis moment as a Celtic gets this historic place as the again, yeah, places I never thought I'd be the backdrop to a hit on the Sopranos. Well, what's it like How being part of the be- greatest TV show of all time? 
I, you know what? I, I hadn't really thought it because the Joe somebody stuff, I guess when people stop me on the street and it happens all the time, like, Hey, you're the guy. <laughs> I always think when the 26 cent checks come in, I always think I'm going to be doing MMA somewhere like in Taiwan and people are going to be like, Oh, that's the guy, Joe somebody is the, that's the, you know, announcer. So that's because they've forever. still got that in the Walmart, you know, bargain bin. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's, that, that's that, where that, they're Yeah. How long has it been since Max's last quack? That's a good question because that was, uh, you know, again, we made that into an inside joke. We were on the old, old radio station when I first came back. Yeah. It had a direct, it was a pretty good signal during the day, but it was a directional signal at night to the east, which if you're in Boston and you know anything about geography, where's the one direction you don't really need to go? To the east. So we were essentially broadcasting to all the maritime people and the fish and the ducks (laughs) and the, Whatever out in the there's a huge water, yeah. Is, I, I don't think I'd ever heard the origin of quacking. Yeah, well, that one I I think Max got it somewhere else, and I think I turned it into that so I could do the bit about. Yeah, I mean that makes like, more the sense. Directional signal to the to the east, but yeah, that was uh, that was a 2004 2005 type 1510 the zone. Yeah, thing, for those of you with your Boston sports radio history. Man, there's a lot written uh, about that. I think what last year, year before that, there was a huge. What was the anniversary? It was like yeah. an oral history, right? It was. Yeah. It was a great piece. Because awesome. essentially, because what 98.5, 98.5 followed the game plan of fifteen ten the zone, which the corporate partner would not. We had this entire game plan for fifteen ten the zone, and they just completely undercut it, and it was a train wreck disaster. And then years later, ninety eight five ran the same playbook, and then got on FM right. two years before EI, and that was the game changer there. Yeah. He says with the Celtics race. So, yeah, we don't know what's that. It's an interesting time to bring those two stations up because after 10 years at 98.5, we don't know the, the deal is up. So we don't know if we're going back to EI or staying in 98.5 or what's going to happen. Well, so on, on exciting times on the broadcast side. Well, no, but I mean, people do care, maybe not all about all the intricacies of this station, that station, but they certainly care about where they can find you. And this year that's been a, a little jumbled. Although as we were talking about before the show to you couldn't be better, like best, best year, your, you know, the Celtics professional life, maybe, uh, I mean, I'll let you speak to it, obviously, but such a balance between both TV and radio, because as we know, you know, Mike, who is, is, uh, like you said, well, he's down to one eye at this point and he's pushing 80 years old. We don't know how much longer he wants to do this. We hope forever because we love the man. We also hope that you do it forever. Uh, you know, as, as other than John Wallach, unless you're Wallach, we hope you do it forever. What is, you know, what, like, how are we feeling right now? I mean, what, what has this year been like for you? Uh, it has been, again, a rare moment of like uh, trying to be serious right after HelloFresh for 45 minutes. <laughs> I, this has been, although, I mean, just protein, man. I think maybe I was thinking because <laughs> that this has been the best year of my career because of the outside work I've done and then combining TV and radio, but maybe I've just had a lot of protein. You know, See, you're just now energized. Now I'm no longer. Now I'm no longer yeah, I could be. I have. This has been my favorite year with the Celtics. I feel like it's been my best work because of going back and forth. It's created to you know this, the feedback I'm getting from fans or whatever. It's a new. It's a new energy on the TV side with familiarity. Like I've been working with Abby for and Scal for 10, 12 years. So it's easy to slide in there. It's obviously different. Listen, Mike is family to me, but no one's ever going to accuse us of being similar broadcasters. 
and similar play-by-play guys. So you're getting a different feel and a different show. So you get a new energy on the TV side. You keep Mike for hopefully as long as for forever, and he doesn't have to do all the games, which can be really taxing, obviously, doing all the road games. And it's also been a benefit on the radio side where Max and I are no longer together for every single game. So now I come back there and we do two out of every three games. And to me, it's kind of ratcheted up the Grandy and Max thing. So it's been good on that side. Uh, I tried to explain also to my wife that you, the lesson here is that if you go off once in a while with somebody else and then come back, it can be even better. But she had, to this point, she hasn't. <laughs> She hasn't bought, bought it. it yet, you know what still, it is? You haven't been married long enough yet. This is still, still relatively new. No protein, though. I'm still, yeah. I'm still working on it. But it's been a. Uh, there's going to be a protein reference when I'm driving around listening to you on the call one, it, and it's going to be it's going to be followed by a text. Do you but hear you that? Know, obviously, it, it's taken a lot of the the work I've done on Showtime. It's taken a lot of that away because my focus has been obviously doing all these Celtic TV games, which is. But I've been able to do a couple of those events. I've got a little bucket list thing coming up next week. I'm excited about. So it's been a doing TV, doing both. People say, well, is that hard? And I'm like, I mean, on the one hand, it's what I do. But, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to do TV one night and radio the next night because unlike other sports, it's a basketball and baseball. It's completely different one day to the next. If you're doing TV one night and radio the next night, it's completely different. Scal and Max are completely different. Hmm. Working with Abby versus not having anybody. Is completely different. When I used to, Scal filled in on radio once and he would sit there with me. And as we were about to start the game, I said, you know why Mike's job is much cooler than mine. And he said, why? I said, well, watch for more on tonight's game. Let's go down to Abby. And of course there's dead air because she's not, I see that's why like that. Mike does it. There's somebody there, but I don't have, you know, I don't have an Abby. Yeah. So um, it's been, I've, I, you know, I've, I've genuinely just loved doing both and, I have no idea how anything is going to play out or what anybody is going to want, but my personal hope is that Mike stays as long as Mike wants to stay. And hopefully if my doing the 20 something games are going to let me do this year and however many games I want me to do on TV, I'll do, I'll do whatever I serve at the pleasure of the president of the Celtics and the executive committee, wherever they want me. Yeah. I get it. But if it were up to me, I hope Mike stays forever. And if my doing 25 or 30 games on TV, Every year, if that prolongs his run, then that's win-win for everybody. And the point is that you've got Mike, and you got Scout, and you have me, and you have Max, and you have Abby and Eddie House in this in this mix. And hopefully, people just know that it's all interchangeable, and that it's just one big broadcast team. Abby's done, you know. Abby fills in for Max now, so Abby mm-hmm. comes over with me on the yep. radio side, and we're all one big, you know, one big family, and it's. It's been fun. So I hope people have, people seem to be enjoying it. And I hope people just don't listen. You know how things are. There's a natural tendency to pit, uh, you know, like, well, I, I like, I like Mike Gorman doing it. I like Grandy doing it. I like, okay. How about, how about this? How about we both continue to do it? And then everybody gets what they want. And so my hope is that Mike gets to do the one thing that very few of us in this business get to do, which is to go out on your own. Retire when he decides to. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The uh, I and I don't think uh, you and I have spoken about this extensively, but I don't think we've talked about it on this podcast. So just in case we haven't, 
Uh, you recently, we don't know the exact number, but you recently, uh, obviously it was celebrated 2000, right? 2000 career games alongside Max, uh, is, is what you were honored or recognized for. But as we've spoken about, again, we don't know the exact number. Uh, you've been alongside Max since what? Oh, one, right? You said it was your first well, year. Yeah. I don't, so, know I, I don't know who's doing the math. Like who's keeping track of these things, but, but what's, what's, kind of nutty to me is uh and i i hadn't even thought about this and then you mentioned it to me when we were talking about it originally was that you know there's tv and radio are just different obviously as everybody knows and so with tv there's a little bit more pomp and circumstance especially when you have an all sports network and you have a flagship station that is you know nbc sports boston and all the incarnations before that and so for years and years decades you know, when, when Tommy was still with us, we celebrated rightfully Mike and Tommy and 40 years of Mike and Tommy and, and the, the amazing tandem that is Mike and Tommy. And I, it, it, it's true. Like I grew up with Mike and Tommy, but I also, you know, not grew up with because, you know, you're putting me at college age at this point, but half my life has been spent with Randy and Max as well. And what you said to me was that you and Max have actually done more games together than Mike and Tommy ever did because obviously of all the games, national games or playoffs or whatever else that they lost along the way. And I just, uh, I, I, it's just not something I'd ever really thought about until you pointed that out to me and I found it interesting. I was far more surprised by that. And like 2000, who cares like what the number is, but I was far more surprised by that because then it struck me if we've done more games than Mike and Tommy. How many NBA pairs have done more games together? And I think and the one I kind of settled on, I talked to Mark Boyle about this in Indiana last week, but he and Slick Leonard in Indiana, I'm sure, had done a lot more than 2,000 together. But you kind of hit on the other the other part of this whole thing, which is when everyone just assumes, listen, maybe I'll Mike will leave and I'll go do TV and everybody will be happy and that's what everybody wants. The issue to me is that when you do TV – in the NBA, you just said it like, why did, by the way, the reason that we caught up and it didn't occur to me when I was jarred, when I heard that, I'm like, I, we've done more games, really? Mike didn't do all the games the first 20 years. Mike was only doing the games on cable. So Mike and Tommy were only doing 35 or 40 games a year together for the first 20 years. And then I think 15 years after that, they were doing every game. And, but they, but you made the point, the national games and the playoffs. Well, if you're the play by play announcer of the team, I'll put it this way. Being the voice of the Celtics is what matters to me. Are you the voice of the Celtics if you're not doing the top 12 games in the regular season and you're not doing the playoffs? And that to me is the, that's the sort of the dark underbelly of TV in local TV and the NBA that nobody talks about is that you're kind of missing those games. And one of the reasons that this year is great for me personally, not that anybody cares what's good for me personally is I'll do as many TV games as you want, but now when the TV, when NBC Boston steps off to the side, not only am I doing the national games and the Milwaukee games and the Christmas Day games and the, the important games in the regular season, when we go to the playoffs, I know I'm going to be doing the playoff games. And when you and I have a conversation, the three of us are talking about a Jason Tatum game six in Milwaukee. I called that game last year. I called the Ray Allen game in Chicago when he had 53 points. I called the Celtics winning in Cleveland in 2010. I called the NBA finals. I called that. Th- you know, Mike went, I think, six or seven years without doing a game against LeBron James hmm. under that. So oh. they didn't do any of those games. When Ray Allen broke the – it's just like, when Ray Allen broke the three-point record, Grandy was there. It sounds like one of these students. <laughs> but seriously, 
those significant games, I, I, as we just discussed, I love the regular season. I love the Tuesday night league pass games against Charlotte. But I like the big games too. And hopefully, you know, people would like to hear Grandy and Max call the big games. And so that's on the table in this whole amalgam of conversation. That's in it too. I do want to just stay on this one last bit here because again, I'm thrilled. John, it's the greatest year for you in the Celtics. This is awesome. Oh, that was good. Now going back to Jason Tatum. No, 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 no. no. Man, I, I stay, had a good year too. I want yeah. to stay on this because I, I, I want to, I think you'll have an interesting perspective on this. Um, I would say this team has added a little bit to the, the best of your life. Professionally, you've been able to, you know, be a part of this family and move back with all that stuff. But what specifically about this, to bring it back to a basketball sense for a minute, what specifically about this team has added the most, you think, to your enjoyment of this season as a whole? Well, I think, you know, again, talking about, I was speaking within the broadcast umbrella of being with everybody and being, being able to go back and forth and do both. But you're also, you're recognizing one of the things that when you get to a certain age, you know you're broadcasting stuff that people are going to remember. Things have happened in these last couple of years that we're going to remember for many years. And we know, as you, as the three of us talk here on March 2nd, we know that on May 22nd, a moment is going to happen, right, in this Celtics-Bucks Eastern Conference Finals that we're all imagining. Things that we're going to remember for decades are, are in front of us and about to happen. I had this, I had a podcast conversation with Bill Simmons let's say this exact time of year in 2008. And one of the things that came up, and he was sort of saying, well, there's Eddie House and there's James Posey. But it sort of feels like we're rooting for laundry. You know, all these new guys here. Because it wasn't Al Jefferson and Delonte West and the guys you'd become accustomed to. And what I said to him then is sort of the point that I'm making now, which is that the moments we're going to remember haven't happened yet. Like Eddie House, the James Posey moment, P.J. Brown, these things haven't happened yet, but they're going to. And we know, barring something that we can't possibly imagine right now, this is going to be a pretty long playoff run for the Celtics. So memorable moments are about to happen. And if you do what I do, the job is to document those moments properly so you're not – you make a great moment in Celtics history, you don't ruin it, or you make it maybe even better for people to remember. So that is the beauty of the job, knowing that this team is is going to be one of those special teams. And Listen, watching Jalen and Jason – grow up. And the reason I mentioned that Philadelphia game, the confetti game is because I was just working on a project where we're going to be reliving that game. And it was jo- to go back and see Jason Tatum as a rookie with the different haircut and the whole thing. Ronnie you too. Forget, you for, right. You forget all that stuff. Uh, opening night. We remember it as the Gordon Hayward game, right? Gordon Hayward breaking his leg and the, what was going to happen that season. That was mm-hmm. Jason Tatum's NBA debut that night. And man, LeBron just stuffed him at some point in that game. Just blocked his shot and was now flash forward, not to ten years later, not to five years later, but later that season as a nineteen year old rookie, as a then I guess twenty year old because he had had his birthday, dunking on LeBron, of course, the memorable play in Game Seven. But even watching this Philadelphia game, he was the go to guy down the stretch. So watching these moments when you've been with Paul Pierce for all those years, and you know his place, and the Kevin Garnett moments, watching this thing start to finish with Jason Tatum and being able to document it. And Jalen and all of it is special. And I, I love these, you know, it's painful for me, as you guys know, to say anything nice about Brad. It like it, it weakens me. I need protein, <laughs> right? And when I do it, 
But man, these are play- Malcolm Brogdon has killed the Celtics for years and years, and now there he is. And man, Derek White, for what the Celtics need here, which is not only the skill that he brings, all the skills he brings, but the ability to, okay, this is my night. I'm going to start and play 41 minutes. All right, I'm going to play 15 minutes off the bench and whatever, as long as we win. This came up with like the Grant Williams thing or the Marcus Smart thing in the Philadelphia game. Are there going to be nights where you're going to want to play Brogdon and White? And how's Marcus going to react? I guarantee you, you, unlike 2019, when you had a lot of young guys trying to figure out their place, this team wants to win. And Marcus Smart will be fine sitting the last five minutes of a game if the Celtics win it. Because this team is not driven by minutes or getting my contract or whatever. They're driven by the noise of Draymond and Steph and those guys celebrating a championship in their building across the hallway last June 16th. And that's what drives them every day. Now that uh, you're not doing these, uh, not daily, but game day interviews with Brad anymore, obviously, are, are you guys texting frequently? Or are you in withdrawal? We, I mean, how, we how meet up We meet up every day so we can have an eight-minute conversation, you know, wherever it is, just so we can have you, you time it. You just get the watches out. I, maybe I told you this, maybe I didn't, but it's a true story. On the day it all happened, the day after the Nets loss, right, two years ago, I literally, my text to him was, if you wanted to get out of the pregame show, there were less dramatic ways to do it <laughs> than to completely alter. I mean, there were other ways we could have found. To did you did you know, by the way, I mean, now now that we can look back, obviously, because uh, as we know, like that really shook the NBA world because the Celtics did a great job of keeping that quiet. Did you know? There were there are a lot of things, right? There's a lot of institutional things and things being behind the scenes that. I know that are, you know, kind of go to the grave in the locker room in the storage. That was one I did not. I mean, there are sort of abstractions and little hints and clues, but I think because of the timing of it, you weren't thinking you weren't, if that was ever going to happen in my mind, could I have seen Brad ever doing that and taking over that one day? Yes. And I think it was going to happen that morning. No, like I, that, that was just too, you just ended a very difficult season, a season that, People talk about spending the three months in the bubble. That was very difficult for the people who had to do it. But I think what gets underplayed is the fact that they were back in camp like eight or nine weeks later mm-hmm. and how, how brutal that season was in large part because of it. And we're talking about you guys see all these crazy numbers that everybody tweets all the time. That season is this ridiculous aberration. Offensively, the teams that were good, the teams that were bad, the players that were good, the players that were bad because of it wasn't just, you know, COVID and some guys were playing and they weren't and there were no fans. It was also that ridiculous turnaround that made that season so strange. I think that wore on a lot of people. And you get to the end of it and the Celtics lose and the season is over. Yeah, that morning, if you had said to me, hey, one day, if you'd said to me that morning, do you think Brad one day might leave the coaching ranks and might try to run a team? I, you know, if I had spent more time thinking about it and had known the things that I knew and possible hints, you would have said, yeah, I can see that happening one day. Well, it's happening right now. Really? Okay. <laughs> well, so the answer is of all the things that I probably know and have forgotten that I wasn't supposed to know or that were close hold, that one was, yeah. Uh, all the Brad Stevens stuff, Brad Stevens stuff always ends up as a surprise. Brad Stevens named coach of the Celtics. What? The guy from Butler? Like it's the last piece of news that's ever going to be broken in a press release. Yep. I remember where I was when that happened. It was like, it was a huge, I was like, mm-hmm. what? I was like, I didn't yeah. know this was even an option. <laughs> oh, because the, the I was, doc, I was the so doc excited. Thing, the doc flirtation went on for like, we didn't, you know, like the one foot in one foot out thing. That was a drama that went on for several weeks 
Yeah. Before that, that little dance. And we knew that Doc was just in, he couldn't, you know, rebuilding situation in Doc. I said, there are two NDAs, right? There's the Thursday night TNT, Saturday night ABC, NBA, the inside the NBA, NBA. And there's the Tuesday night league pass, Charlotte. I used to say Charlotte, Sacramento, which you can't say anymore. There's a Tuesday night league pass, Charlotte, Houston, New San Antonio, NBA. I don't think Doc, Doc would be like a fish out of water. Like he, I don't think he has the oxygen to live in that. He doesn't belong in the Tuesday night league pass, NBA. And it wasn't going to work, but that was a dance that went on for quite a while. Cause I remember that was the year I was doing the Red Sox and we were every day. You'd be like at Fenway or on the road with the Red Sox and you, is Doc, you, you coming, you going, you staying and leaving what's happening. So, um, that was a, yeah, the Brad thing was able to sort of was heating up behind the scenes, but nobody was looking at it. We we're all looking over here at what's going to happen with Doc. Well, I'm, uh, I can keep going and going and going. I thoroughly enjoy this. I always enjoy when Sean comes on, but I'm also, you know, familiar enough with the podcast product to know that the average person is not listening to an hour long podcast. So we hope that people have stayed with us for maybe for they the, had protein and they did. Know, you see, whatever it is that carries you through, obviously, not a lot like your guy Bill that does like three hour podcasts. He, you know, but I think they probably have a, a little bit more loyal following. Well, we get him on the show. By the way, you want to help us with that? With uh, with what the uh, building the following of the show? No, get well that I mean that's that always cool. good. Retweet the show, sure. Or or okay. to help with protein, or to help people no, buy, try hello. Well, let's get let's get Bill on this show. I mean, how long have we been doing this show? We may as well have Bill Simmons on it. I think you should just get Jim Nance on to do the read. Hello, <laughs> again. I don't think we any of us can afford Jim Nance at this point. <laughs> just gonna stick with that. See, Jim Nance is one of those guys that probably would want to be paid for his time to come on this podcast. Oh, I, I mean. No, he's the best. I don't know. I don't know him personally. What hole in Augusta does he have in his backyard? Very friendly. I will give you that. What hole in Augusta does he have in his backyard? I mean, he has one of them, right? Isn't that the? Uh, Yeah, I don't. I don't know, but it's. uh, Yeah, it's not quite the same as. I got about ten feet on a deck out here, but I don't think I can do it. I can do it. I can make a mini golf hole. But. All right. This show is brought to you by HelloFresh. Uh, use the promo code to, to get all your protein. It is BEAT60, 60% off and free shipping. And, of course, BetOnline.ag. Thank you to them. Use the promo code CLNS50 for a 50% sign-up bonus. Uh, bonus. Uh, betting legal in Massachusetts. Mobile betting is uh, rapidly approaching, so that's, that's certainly exciting. BetOnline, keep going to the, uh, going to the site, BetOnline.ag. Uh, Sean, always a pleasure, my friend. Uh, we, we, we take these walks down memory lane. It's always a good time. Hey, listen, anytime we can talk protein, you just let me know. And we'll, uh... <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go put on Joe somebody. Yeah. <laughs> just... Go, go find that way. I mean, I, guess, I don't know if I get money if you watch it. I don't think so. You guys just watch it a bunch of times. My DVD. But yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like 55 minutes into it. I think you get. Full <laughs> the end of my, end of my movie career, sadly. <laughs> we'll get now, you. When thing. I did it, uh, they, I had to, I signed this thing, and they said, "Well, are you in SAG?" You know, the yeah. skills, and I kind of laughed. They said, "Well, you, you don't have to be in it, but when you do your next movie, you're going to have to be in it." I'm like, "Let me get right on there." I'm in it. That's that's my union. I'm in SAG. Twenty one so years. Twenty one years later, I still haven't had to. I'm still waiting I'm, for that callback. I'm just ready to be in a movie. All right. Thanks, Devin. Thanks to Sean. I'm Adam. We'll see you later.